Let us begin with the Gayatri prayer. Please join me in offering this most ancient and sublime invocation. Om. Let us meditate on the glory of that effulgent reality from whom the whole universe is projected. May that enlighten our mind. For just a few moments, let us become calm and subjective, practicing meditation with devotion and determination. Please take the prayer book and turn to prayer number 171, which is found on pages 214 and 215. Together, let us offer this prayer. Sorrow touches joy. Life is carried away by death. And love must bear the pain of separation. Such is the fate of the soul that lives on earth. None can uncover the mystery of thy creation, yet each must live and strive, love and hope, beneath thy enchanted veil. Thou hast placed me in this world of perplexing dualities with all the complexities of human existence. Yet thou hast endowed me with the power to transcend them all. Loneliness in oppressive dejection overpowers my melancholy heart, and discordance distorts my self-centered mind. 
but my love of good, attuned to the spirit of good will, lifts my soul to that state of universal oneness, wherein joy overfills my innermost being in spiritual comradeship with all that exists in the world of creation. Loneliness is born of self-separation. Complete selflessness is the secret of the bliss of soul oneness. The cruel blow of disappointment strikes me at every venture of noble aspiration, as if life itself were nothing but a meaningless chaos of crushed hopes. But my absolute devotion to the ideal and truth and my uncompromising adherence to the honesty of the means bring forth from within me the indomitable power and determination which inevitably lead to the attainment of the chosen goal. A divine power inspires the heart that seeks nothing for its own personal self. The blessed understanding of soul is often lost. Amidst the conflict of minds and hearts torn apart in the darkness of sorrow, like the pearls of a broken necklace on the evening path. Wisdom and love are the eternal foundation of mutual understanding. For wisdom is the light of truth, and love is the bond of soul. Let the light of truth dawn upon the mind. Let love inspire the heart, and souls will unite in harmony and joy. Mind may fail to understand that which is of the soul, yet soul always knows its own. Amen. We are on a path of self-discovery, seeking answers to the most difficult questions. Daily we inquire, what is the path of freedom from all suffering? We experience all manner of suffering, sorrow, and pain, and in all forms, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. We know there are those who suffer more than we do some because of their own mental and physical frailties, and some who suffer at the hands of others. But we no longer want to drink from the cup of sorrow. We know that freedom from suffering comes when we see rightly, when the soul sees no death, no sickness, no distress, when we see rightly, when we see truth. We desire to remove all suffering and sorrow 
and we learn that the cessation of sorrow comes when we are free from all that limits us, all that separates us. The yogi seeks liberation attained only in the realization of absolute oneness. Understanding the source and origin of this oneness, we come to know, to realize, that we are all children of God. That there is one reality that permeates thee and me and all beings. As Shankaracharya said in the Moha Mudgar, we have to rise above the consciousness of separation and realize ourselves within all and all within us. Life is a difficult journey, both in the objective world of our sensory lives and in the subjective universe of our soul. Life is hard enough. Why do we make it more difficult for ourselves and for others? Impressions of long past are hidden within the depths of our subconscious mind. And frequently, they rise to the surface, challenging what little determination we might have. Where do we find the strength to carry on? Our mind becomes the field of subjective struggle. We only have to remember the conflict in the mind of Arjuna at the field of Dharmakshetra Kurukshetra in the Bhagavad Gita. The battle we all wage is in our hearts and minds. Will we have the courage, wisdom, and compassion to reveal to ourselves and to others the high road, the path of freedom and peace? These expressions, these eternal truths, have been gathered for us from the scriptures of humanity, from the Rig Veda and the Upanishads, from the Old and New Testaments of the Bible, the Quran and the Avesta. Please join me in offering these eternal truths. I am an absolute monist. I believe truth is one. Men call it by various names. God, Brahman, is consciousness, existence, bliss, absolute. Everything is the manifestation of God, the divine reality. The soul of man is of identical nature with the God of the universe. Make thine own self pure by good thoughts, good words, good deeds. Realize thyself. By the realization of one's own self, the absolute self is realized. God is the light of the heavens and the earth. He who realizes God becomes one with God. I am that I am. 
I and my father are one. I am Brahman, the absolute self. We will now have a scripture reading offered by Mike Griffin. A reading from the Dhammapada. Follow the Noble Eightfold Path. Thus you shall be able to rise above all the sorrows of life. I reveal unto you this Noble Path of Liberation from all enemies of the human heart. Yet you yourself must travel the path with patience and perseverance. The wise can but offer guidance. Only one who meditates on and lives in the consciousness of the highest self can be free from the bondage of self-blinding ignorance. All acquired concepts are non-eternal. When one truly realizes this, by the power of wisdom and self-illumination, one remains undisturbed amidst all sorrows. This is the path of self-purification. Every acquired concept is a cause of sorrow. When one truly realizes this by the wisdom of self-illumination, one attains the power to overcome all sorrow. This is the path of peace. All objects of sense perception are non-eternal. When one truly realizes this by the wisdom of self-illumination, one transcends all causes of sorrow. This is the path of nirvana, the way to absolute perfection. One who refuses to be awakened by the light of wisdom, who wastes youth in indolence, and whose heart is full of objective and sensory desires, can never follow the path of self-illumination. Govern your desires and restrain your speech. Never engage your senses in performing any act of self-expression without infusing it with the purifying consciousness of the self. Thus keep these avenues of objective self-manifestation pure and holy. This is the guidance of the sages. Will you please take the prayer book once again and turn to prayer number 83, which may be found on page 115. Let us pray. Within the depth of peace... I rest alone with thee. The ripples of life with their thousand forms I watch with serene contentment, for my soul is close to thy heart, alone with thee. The shadows of broken light touch the shores of my mind, but they pass on in their forgotten journey as I lose myself in the joy of devotion alone with thee. The past with creation's yesterday clouds the vision of the future of life's tomorrow, 
but my innermost self is composed in the depth of bliss. For I know that wherever I am, I shall find myself alone with thee. In thy presence all my burdens lose their oppressiveness, and an ineffable strength arises within me, giving me endurance and patience to bear the pain that I must carry on the path alone with thee. I have discovered the source of peace that abides with me always, for I have found thee within my heart, alone with me. Amen. At this time, please join us in the singing of the hymn, O Love That Will Not Let Me Go. Join me in offering the prayer of devotion by Swami Yogananda Paramansa. Heavenly Father, may thy love shine forever on the sanctuary of my devotion, and may I be able to awaken thy love in all hearts. Om. Peace. Amen. Who and what teaches us how to remove suffering. We often in our home life enjoy what we call DIY projects, do-it-yourself projects, 
that we do on our own without the aid of experts. But we often look for the user's manual, even though we may or may not refer to it. But we do want some general guidance. And in the professional world, we look to what we call best practices. Usually in the workplace, business, technology, education, public health, these best practices are professional standards, generally accepted as the most effective practices. They are discovered through experience, research, study, and practice. They are standards of consistently proven results. But think of this. What if we think of best practices, not of the typical business professional practices, but of the best practices of a saint or sage or another enlightened being? We do have such a thing as best practices in the spiritual realm, in the unfoldment of divine qualities, in becoming more loving and compassionate human beings. We have the Noble Eightfold Path of the Buddha. We have the Sermon on the Mount of Jesus. We have the actions and sayings of the Prophet Muhammad, the covenant and living laws brought by Moses. We have the Tao, the way that the mystics have known and shared. All of these have become standards of spiritual practice. They are best practices in the art and science of enlightened living. And remember, even a moment's companionship with those who have realized the eternal truth will furnish us with a boat to cross the sea of samsara, the world of limitation and misery. What did Jesus say about the poor? the sick, and the suffering. What did he do? In the book of Isaiah, we have reference to the Messiah as the man of sorrows. And Christ took suffering upon himself, that all who are poor and abandoned, all who weep, all who are persecuted, who are ignored, who are victims of suffering, that they might take courage. In the book of Isaiah it is written, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. 
but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And we learn about who suffers in the book of Corinthians, in the Bible, in the New Testament. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Similarly, Gandhiji said, what though we have many bodies, we have but one soul. The rays of the sun are many through refraction, but they have the same source. And the prophet Muhammad said, in mutual kindness, compassion, and sympathy, we are just like one body. When any part of the body suffers, the whole body feels pain. Spiritually, we are not separate from our fellow beings. The self is one and identical in perfection within every being. We have to rise above the consciousness of separation. When we live and act in accordance with our divine nature, we practice ahimsa, non-injury. But when we injure others, we hurt ourselves. We sink a little deeper in the forgetfulness of our divinity. Love those who hate and persecute you. This is ever a challenging standard, a best practice to be certain but one of the most difficult to uphold. But we learn from the poet William Blake that we are put on earth for a little space that we might learn to bear the beams of love. What if we were to assume that compassion is the answer to every question? After all, it comes from the deepest part of a person it often seems we can only offer selective compassion. We have it for this person, but not for that person. We have it when it is easy to have, but not when it is difficult. Jesus, Gandhi, and others remind us, love thine enemy. Love them that persecute you. Return love for hate. The Archbishop Desmond Tutu, known for bringing forth the path of reconciliation in South Africa after years of apartheid, said, My humanity is bound up in yours, for we can only be human together. Without forgiveness, there's no future. And these words from Shankaracharya, 
We should not let life be guided by the consciousness of enmity or friendship, nor by that of hatred or amiability. We should learn to be equally loving and kind to all, realizing our true nature. What do we struggle with? Guilt, shame, failure, embarrassment, weakness, feeling less than others. The scars of physical pain, the trauma of emotional pain. We want to overcome it all. We want to overcome all the pain-bearing mental limitations, transcend the sense-bound ego, and receive the guidance of the indwelling self. To do this, we have to follow the light of the soul. We have to nurture the heart. Poet Shelley said to love and bear to hope till hope creates from its own wreck the thing it contemplates. Till hope creates from its own wreck the very thing it contemplates. We all need to learn the best practice of compassion. We seek compassion that can stand in awe at the burden others have to carry rather than stand in judgment at how they carry it. The true measure of compassion lies in our willingness to see ourselves in kinship with others. We have to be able to imagine lives that are different from our own. How do we do this? How do we imagine a life that is not our own? Perhaps here is where a principle of non-duality, non-separation becomes our strength. We know the same reality exists within thee and me and all beings. Compassion isn't just about feeling the pain of others. It is about realizing ourself within others and others within us. Suffering was the subject of the Buddha's first sermon. Buddha revealed and reaffirmed the truth that the body is subject to old age, disease, and death. But the soul is ageless, perfect, immortal. And one who lives the earthly life in the consciousness of the true nature of the soul progresses through all vicissitudes without being overpowered by them. What is the noble truth of suffering? Birth is suffering. Decay is suffering. Death is suffering. Sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair are suffering. Not to get what we desire is suffering. 
And what is the noble truth of the removal of suffering? The extinction of greed, the extinction of hate, the extinction of delusion. This, according to the Buddha, is nirvana, complete freedom. The search for the way out of suffering is the quest of our soul. The Buddha's best practices became known as dana and bhavana, charity and meditation, developing the means of living in the higher states of consciousness. The path of meditation, though, is also rife with subjective trials and tribulations. The way of the senses is not an easy road to travel. And it is also true that the path of the soul is infinitely more difficult to follow. Now listen to this simple story about the Buddha. Once the Buddha approached a farmer who was plowing his field. And he said to him, I also plow and sow, and having plowed and sown, eat. The farmer says to the Buddha, You claim to be a plowman, but I see no plow. What kind of plowing do you do? The Buddha replied, Trust is the seed. Composure is the rain. Clarity is my plow and yoke. Conscience is my guide pole. My mind is the harness. Wakefulness is my plow blade. Well guarded in action and speech, and moderate in food. I use truth to weed and cultivate. True effort is my oxen, drawing the plow steadily toward nirvana, freedom. Whoever plows in this way will become free of all sorrow and distress. When peace dwells in the heart, there is nothing more that remains to be done. Today, let us offer this prayer for the sick, the hungry, the lonely, the rejected, the despised, the hurt, the wounded, the oppressed, the abused, the victims of violence. May we have the courage, strength, and compassion to carry on being human together. Amen. Thank you. Will you all now please fold your hands and place them at your hearts with consciousness lifted 
to the supreme self of us all. Together let us pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Grant us, O Lord, the realization of thy presence, peace, and perfection within us and all beings, now and forevermore. Amen.